everyone. Justin here with White Tail Theories Podcast. On the mic, we have a super special guest. We have Nolan May, president of Carlson um, Choke Tubes. We also have our, we're going to have a co-host today. It's going to be Cameron. Uh, a lot of you guys may have heard Cameron on the last podcast with Redmond Hunt, uh, but Cameron's going to be joining us again from North Carolina um, as our co-host. What's going on, fellas? Well, to be honest with you, I'm pulled off of uh, I-70 out here talking to you wonderful folks on the way down to a buddy's wedding in Branson, Missouri. So. Oh, man. Well, I appreciate you slipping us in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, and uh, pretty uh, pretty nice weather here in North Carolina this afternoon. Uh, got highs in the you know low 80s here, so uh, it's a great afternoon, and uh, glad to, have to be back on again with uh, White Tail Theories. Awesome, and like I said, great, great guest. Uh, it's I really appreciate you jumping on here with us, Nolan. Um, you know, especially with you being the president of the company, I feel like we that you know we can. You know, I trust a lot of other people, but you know, coming from the top, it's it's nice to be able to kind of give our listeners that perspective there. Absolutely, I'm happy to be here. So, um, kind of an introduction here. Um, I know we kind of did introductions and things like that, but Nolan, give us a little uh, overview here. Um, I know you're the president of the company, but um, kind of, I guess a good start that I like to do uh, with our guest is kind of tell us how you got into hunting um, in the hunting industry um, and give us a little overview of, of what, you know, what is Carlson Chokes? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in western Kansas uh, in a small town called Oberlin. It's uh, just one town east of Atwood, Kansas, where Carlson Choke Tube is located. Uh, grew up working on the farm and uh, hunting quite a bit on family land. Uh, everything, you know, pheasants, quail, turkey, archery deer, rifle deer. Uh, really like calling coyotes and do some do-it-yourself hunts in Colorado, over-the-counter archery type stuff. I'm saving up some preference points in Montana and Wyoming. I need to burn those before too long. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, reading about this point creep has given me <laughs> heartburn. Um, but, no, it's been in it a long time. My dad, you know, taught me how to hunt, and uh, it was a game-rich area, um, not a whole lot of pressure. Like the average graduating class, like these are county high schools, mind you. Like these are, <laughs> I graduated, I think, with 28. I think the average class is 20 to 30 out there. Um, so a lot of rural values and uh, farmers, ranchers, and whatnot. And so there's a lot of, a lot of land. We're lucky enough to own um, a couple of the creek bottoms out there that, you know, tend to hold more game. Uh, when you're driving through Kansas, everybody says it's flat and ugly. Well, Parts of it are on the I-70, but if you get off north or south, uh, get into the hills, so it gets it opens up and gets really pretty. Yeah, I grew up from a small small town myself. I think we had around that much. We had two thousand kids in the whole high school, so um, and the the middle school was connected to that, so it was <laughs> it was definitely small. But those values are kind of make us who we are today, you know. Absolutely. And I guess more of a backstory. So uh, Scott Carlson, um, uh, we recently purchased this company from Scott and Debbie Carlson in February. So I'm all of two and a half months into it. Oh, Scott nice. and Debbie Congrats. have retained. Uh, thank you. They have uh, retained ownership and they're still there, you know, day to day helping with the transition. Scott's going to be a great asset. Um, it always has been for the company, but he's going to stick around with me. He's been a, a great mentor for me. Uh, the whole time uh, since I was growing up, uh, he had a gun shop there in Atwood. And my dad would 
go over there with me when I was a youngster and buy guns of whatever flavor. And uh, in fact, got my first two shotguns from Scott back in the day. Um, so I've known him quite a while. He had a, has a son that works for the company still. He's our production manager and his daughter um, was around my age and we ran around the same friend groups. And um, so I've known Scott, hunted with him for a long time. Uh, always the more I learned about his business and, you know, got a peek uh, in there more and more, I got very interested in trying to buy it. Just didn't know how or when. And uh, flash forward a little bit, I graduated high school and I went to KU University of Kansas there and I met my uh, my first business partners and we uh, wrote a business plan for an indoor shooting range in the Kansas City area um, in a suburb called Olathe. Um, the business called Center Fire Shooting Sports. We broke ground on that right after college. And that's what I've been doing for the 10 years before this as the vice president of that company and a minority owner there. But it's uh, one of the few five-star rated ranges in Kansas. We were 16 lanes, did you know a variety of classes um, from your basic pistol up to your tactical carving classes and home defense shotgun and whatnot, counter um, safety one of the largest class three dealers in the state of Kansas for suppressors and machine guns and whatnot. I did most of the gunsmithing there um, for the last 10 years. Um, and then I met my current business partner, um, Ricky Paradise, and we had been talking with Scott some and long story short, we struck a deal and uh, super excited uh, to be where we are. He's Scott has built and his wife has built a fantastic business over the last we're going into our 35th year. Uh, I feel very privileged to have known Scott, and he helped me a lot when I was getting into the, the firearm industry, diving in head first. He, you know, the the gun industry and the hunting industry, as you guys know, it's a really small fraternity. Like it's a very small world, and um, I was glad to learn some of the lessons that he had learned uh, with, along the way. You know, point of contacts, you know, building these relationships with our vendors and suppliers and then you know moving from the retail space the manufacturing space has been uh, been great well you know i think that's really awesome that that um you know we we hear about companies that that you know someone else takes over it's time for them to move on or whatever the case may be or a buyout of sorts but it's really nice that you guys have history it wasn't just you know a posted ad of you know hey we're going up for sale or we're looking to move on or whatever it was almost passed down almost traditionally in a family sense i mean if he if you got your first couple shotguns from him um you know that's that's pretty close to family right there yes no it's it's been great and i think that was uh really important to scott and it's important to me as part of the terms of the deal uh, for us is that scott you're staying on man like you built this company you you've got the relationships i've got a lot to learn from you and another important point for him is that you know, the business stays family owned and it stays in Atwood, Kansas. And I couldn't agree more. So yeah, it's a perfect union. That. That's, that's, that's great. And, and I, you know, the people that we do partner with and that, that we have bring on the podcast, they have very similar values. And I love to see that that's the majority of the hunting industry. Um, you know, I really do. It, it definitely means a lot. It means a lot to everyone else. And it's, it just keeps that trust and that bond. I mean, 35 years is a, is a long time. I mean, I, I'm only 32. Some of the company's older than I am. So <laughs> yeah. me too. I just turned 33. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we're all, we're all in the same boat here. We got, uh, you know, 
One question I do have for you, Nolan, is um, other than just the family aspect of of the Carlson's business and knowing Scott, what really sparked your interest in, in wanting to you know grab a grab a share of this company and, and try to take root in it? That's a great question. I mean, there's several parts to it, but I I really liked um, the business model, um, the brand recognition, like what they built is amazing, um, but you know, more importantly is how he's built it with the relationships with his vendors, his customers, the suppliers, um, sales reps, his, his, you know, our team members there. That was really important to me. Um, and then also, I mean, to be honest with you, it's getting out of, out of the city. Um, I've been in there for 10 years and I found myself like every day off or vacation I'd take, I've <laughs> ended up in Overland, Kansas somehow to go chase some animals around. Uh, so that was really important for me is I've got a, a young son and get to get my wife out there with us. And, and I'd like to raise him in a similar setting that I had. I think that's important, you know, around the farm and rural values. Uh, but more so on the business side, what caught my attention is um, just how strong the brand is and, and what they've done for product development. Um, you know, just everything that they've done there to build it up to what it is, is was very attractive to me. Yeah. yeah and yeah. One, one thing that I can really comment on this, and, and Justin already knows pretty much what I'm about to go with on this, is any of the guys that I've um, that my team does business with, and in Carlson, an example here, um, anytime you call Carlson Joke Dude's number, you're going to get somebody on the phone, and it's never like an automated response. Somebody at that store or at their uh, manufacturing plant is going to answer the phone and talk to you. It's not going to be a voice uh, recording. It's going to be somebody that is ready to help you. And you're going to have another human on the line that is willing to take your question and get you direct to the right person. Yeah, that's huge. Yes. Yeah, sweet. No, and that's the best thing, too, is like meeting our, our team members. Like we've hired seven or eight new people in this last uh, we've got, you know, fired none. We're growing. We've got a great team there in place already. We're adding to it. Um, but I can what I take great pride in is every one of those people on the phones, they are a genuine hunter or shooter or both. And they can actually answer your question honestly, instead of reading from a script, like that is so important to me is that these people use our products. We have to be knowledgeable about it. And we are. Yeah, that's, that's definitely huge. Product knowledge is big. You know, it's a huge difference. That's one reason why we partnered with Cameron, just because, you know, he's able to give that product knowledge, utilizing a lot of things across the country. And, um, you know, a lot of our members are able to do the same also. Um, but that's that's really big. That takes a whole different meaning than you just holding a package in your hand and reading off the back of the uh, what it's telling you, you know, verbatim. So, um, you know, getting someone on that knows what they're doing. I mean, that's probably one of the number one reasons, too. I mean, 35 years, you don't get that from not knowing what you're doing. So, yeah. Now, Mike, I know we kind of touched on this, you know, what is Carlson Choke Tubes, um, but hopefully I don't put you on the spot too much with this because I know you just recently took over, but you know in the history of it. Um, can you kind of give our listeners a little history on Carlson Choke Tubes? You know, how did it start out? Yeah. A little history lesson there. So it's uh, a great American story in my opinion, but so Scott and Debbie, uh, let me back up. Scott went to... Um, gunsmithing school back in the 80s and he came back uh, graduate gunsmith and came back to Atwood Kansas and had a, a gun shop um, and you know he did gunsmithing and and retail guns ammunition all that stuff um, 
around that time in 1982, 83 or whatnot, um, you know, OEM manufactured shotguns started to come with choke tubes that you could screw in and out of the gun. Scott was also, still is an avid trap, sporting clay, skeet shooter, upland bird hunter, everything. Um, so he saw an opportunity there to improve patterns um, by developing his own chokes that are extended a longer choke tube, which elongates your parallel section, which enables essentially more dense, more consistent patterns. Um, so he saw an opportunity, he took it. Um, a big part of that too was his marketing and product packaging, as, as silly as it sounds like. He developed the product, you have to make it easy for your vendors to buy and easier for them to sell. And so he, he developed packaging for the choke tubes to, to really stand out. Uh, you know, if you go into a box store, you're going to see um, a large percentage of that retail area in that choke tube section that is called out with choke tubes. He did a lot of stuff with, you know, color coding on the packaging. It really stands out because another thing, as you all know, there's so many different flavors of choke tubes constrictions and right. uh, thread pitches and interchanges so he that was a, i think a really big thing so that was back in you know the 80s and it's just grown you know pretty much every year since then and as you add more products to the product line and and keep developing your distribution network and and then that's kind of where we are but the main idea was to offer you know, choke tubes that has more control over their pattern than their accuracy of their shotguns. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do to a shotgun besides choke tubes and a sights maybe, and maybe a sling. Right. Right. No, that's a, that's a great overview into it. I actually didn't know that I, I have looked, you know, obviously did my research and looked around and stuff, but, um, you know, I didn't know it started in that light, but I mean, gosh, it's just, it's amazing to me, you know, 35 years of this and, and the company still continues to, to push on. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I can't honestly tell you if I've heard one bad thing yet. I even tried to look through the reviews on some of the pages, you know, like sportsman.com and things like that to, you know, reviews give you a good overview of things too. And it, you know, you guys are definitely rocking it, um, which kind of brings us to a, a question that I had, which is, you know, obviously from what you can share because a secret is a secret for a reason, but kind of what's your secret in staying relevant in the hunting industry for so long? Well, without getting too much into the secret sauce, I've talked to Scott about this extensively. Um, but you know, honestly it comes down to is customer service, treating people how you'd like to be treated. Um, like we talked about earlier, when you call our phone number, um, we tried our best to get it on the first ring and you're going to talk to a human, um, and you're going to talk to a person that's got a lot of product knowledge. Um, with that, we, you know, we try to do hassle-free, you know, returns exchanges. People will buy the wrong choke tube because um, it says Beretta Benelli on it. There's four flavors of Beretta Benelli, you know, thread pitches, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's easy. I just went through that myself. I sent two <laughs> back, but you guys hooked. You guys helped me out, so <laughs> it was my fault. So, oh, well, we we try to do you know same day turnaround with that, and then. Um, same thing with our orders during peak season. Like we're we're working overtime. We're doing our best to to provide that customer service experience that everybody, you know, needs and deserves. Uh, from there, Scott's done a great job with product development and testing. Um, he was the I think one of the first or the first people with an electronic patterning board, which is a fantastic data collection tool um, to where we can go test our proprietary chokes, our prototypes, 
um, and then also match those to certain loads that we can say, you know, we've shot 20 different models of shotguns with this one choke and this one load, and we can tell you that this pairing is optimum for what you're trying to do. Um, that is uh, very key is to you have to keep innovating, and uh, it's amazing what he's been able to do with that patterning board and just spending the time, you know, uh, testing all these different loads and shot types and shot sizes and, um, and constrictions. Um, from there, you know, the golden rule, treating our customers, our vendors, our sales reps, and our employees with respect and as a partners, like that's one thing I've really taken away from is, you know, it's not a buying relationship that Scott's built. It's, it's a true partnership relationship. You know, they right. do better. We do better. And that's, that's been great. No, that's a yeah, good, yeah. that's a good way to look at things. We, we do that similar ourselves at service side. We call it the win, win, win. I mean, if, if all parties aren't winning and all parties aren't growing and developing and, and moving forward, I mean, what are you really doing, you know? Yeah. And we, we go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, off of, uh, you know, Justice's questions with that, that kind of brought up something I was interested in too, because, you know, your innovation has just stayed so spot on for 30 yeah. plus years. And it's like you keep staying ahead of the game. But it seems like the challenge is starting to twist now. And I've heard a lot of people come to me and, and in particular and ask, what is Carlson doing to stay ahead of not the choke game, but the load game? So you got so many shotgun shell manufacturers nowadays. From <laughs> Apex, um, you got heavy metal, you got, I mean, you just got all these rounds. And how do you constantly stay ahead of the game um, with all these uh, round manufacturers? that are producing their own, what they quote, hand load uh, shotgun rounds for either whether it's turkey, skeet shooting, waterfowl, or whatnot. Um, how do you stay above and beyond those guys? A lot of that has to do with like just industry relationships that uh, uh, guys developed over time. And then, you know, with these ammunition manufacturers, a um, couple of them came to Carlson's years ago and say, hey, here's a, uh, they, they'll send us prototype loads and we'll test them for them extensively. And give them the data back on which you know it it benefits everybody um in the end hunting is like you said it's a small community it's tight-knit it may seem like there's all kinds of stuff out there well they're just a lot of those are just trying to get in the door the companies that have been around for you know your 10 plus years those are the ones that are in that that deep circle and, and everyone else is definitely trying to get in there for sure i guess one thing i didn't touch on too is like what you guys with service i do is we rely a lot on our on our customers you know, if, if there's a, a perceived issue or what I, I want you to call me right away, I want to hear about it. And they've right. done a great job of that, like with our marketing partners, pro staff, you know, groups like yourselves, um, you know, that's what we need success in is for the end consumer to have a remarkable experience, whether, you know, they're shooting ducks or shooting sporting plays. We want to know about it. And if there's, you know, we've had a series of hand loaders call us say, Hey, I'm loading up this wildcat crazy deal. I was like, all right, well, let's talk through it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that's really beneficial. Communication is, is the number one thing that, you know, I, I haven't worked in the hunting industry my whole life, but the number one question that a lot of people get, I'm sure you get it all the time and, and Cameron, but you know, people always say, how do I get in the hunting industry? How do I get in there? And, and literally we've all three said it at one point that creating relationships, networking, building trust, just, you know, mutual relationships on things, you know, like you said, you know, making sure it's the right load, making sure it's shooting right, tweaking things, not just uh, B 
being stuck in the mud, willing to, you know, if, if I did everything by what I thought looked good, we wouldn't have a company. You know, it, it has to go off of our, our members' feedback, you know, in your case, customers, um, because they're the ones using it every single day. They're the ones out there in the elements, snow, rain, sleet, you know, shooting multiple birds at once, things like that. So um, th there's no better feedback than that. Um, let's see here. So that actually brings us into this next question, which is great. And I was hoping it would, but you know, it definitely seems like field work is, is really key and crucial, um, to stay on top for you guys. Uh, can you touch on this a little bit, obviously without giving away all your secrets, but, um, it definitely seems like, you know, field work is, is huge with, with this company. It is. And it, it all starts with, uh, you know, the, the prototype product and that is brought to you by actual engineers actual gunsmiths and actual outdoors people and they all overlap together um and i think that is the the beautiful part is we're out there scott and and company and myself we're out there shooting and they're like man wouldn't it be neat if x or y and then we hear that from a pro staff and um from whoever hey here's this new load i really want to try out what do you guys think um, that's been a, a great portion of it, but the main thing is that everybody involved is passionate about hunting. They're passionate about shooting, and you know they're looking for a remarkable experience. Like there's a big difference between breaking a sporting clay and powdering one. I mean, you just get that <laughs> that little kick out of it. So we we take great pride in that in the field work. You know, we are <laughs> you know opening day turkey season. Um, it was hard to get people to come to work and man the phones. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm it, sure that's... <laughs> it was almost a you know religious holiday, and same thing yeah. comes around. Thank, you know, thank God our pheasant openers on a, a Saturday. Um, but hey, I get you know, that. it's I get it's that. great that everybody is so passionate about it. And uh, for field work, there's no better spot to have a business than you know. Don't tell everybody this, but the hunting in Western Kansas is actually pretty good. But don't tell you about it. Hey, you know what? I live in Florida, and I hunt here. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We don't have no 150 inch deer running around. If you do, you know, you don't, you don't hit a record book. But I tell you what, the hunting down here is is probably. I go. I've been to most of every state, and I absolutely love this one and more than any and there's a reason why you don't see steve Rinelli from meat eater or you know bear grills over in florida hunting public land because it's a little bit or surviving in public land because it's a little bit little bit crazy and unbearable and and miserable with bugs and the heat's always ridiculous and you're always wet but it's some of the best hunting so i definitely get that with them home states <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the home states are always going to hold a, a you know, place in your heart. For sure. But I, I, speaking on like your, your engineering aspect, and I always think this is pretty, uh, pretty neat too, because um, what would you tell somebody that naturally, I mean, you, again, everybody, when you think of a shotgun, you're, you're, you're thinking of, all right, well, there's all the part, important parts, and the shotgun is the important part. Why do you need a choke? Like, what is the of running a, a a certain choke tube out of your gun like why would you need to spend the money on that to actually make you shoot better i mean you have this brand new elaborate you know highly engineered shotgun what is a you know 50 or 60 dollar choke tube going to do to make my gun even better i'm glad you brought that up and it, it without i mean at face value uh exactly a lot of people think that but i can tell you you know the uh, the proof is in our pattern go out and pattern these things um 
the longer parallel section is, is key to it. There's two other things that I'm not going to uh, talk about on the podcast with it. Um, but our chokes will perform better. And we'll, we'll, we're, you know, our phone lines are open eight to five on Monday through Friday. We're happy to talk through it. We've got thousands and thousands of page Excel pages full of patterning data um, that can say to that. And also, um, in the last 10 years with modern advancements and, and powders and primers, wad technology shot types um, have really pushed the envelope in the shotgunning world. Um, with that, you know, we're getting away from, oh, I need the tightest choke I need and the biggest uh, shot size to knock this goose out of here. Actually, um, we're seeing kind of the opposite. Um, you know, three-inch shells often be- pattern better than three-and-a-half-inch shells with these new heavier pellets. Um, you know, most of your newer three-inch offerings have plenty of knockdown for your, your late-season uh, geese or whatever you're trying to shoot at. Um, so what I'd say is with these new ammunition especially with our choke tubes, you can get away from, you know, the tightest thing you need because you're actually going to over-constrict that shot size. And when you over-constrict it, it'll deform the pellets and then you'll get, you know, a not optimal pattern and you'll get flyers and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. No, that was great. Thank, great question, Cameron. That was that was definitely one that, that a lot of people, I'm sure, were, were wanting to, to hear. And I guess to piggyback on that, uh, you need different choke tubes for different activities, different shot size, shot types, but also you're trying to account or eliminate for human error. Um, and so like if you're shooting at 16 yard trap line, you probably want to shoot a modified just so you have a little bit mar- larger margin of error to break that clay. Same thing with early season does when they come in, uh, nice and tight to the decoys or the water hole or whatever you're hunting over, you can get away with a uh, looser constriction, but late season, you know, you want to throw in the improved modified or the full for that little bit further shot that you might need to take. Now, yeah, I think awesome because, you know, a, a lot of people, and that's, that's one question I get a lot is, you know, you, you, you push a product. Um, and when you push it, people are always going to look at you. Well, I just spent, you know, $1,700 on a new shotgun. This, this gun is going to perform like it needs to anyways. I don't need that. Why would I need to spend that, you know, X amount of more money just to, so for say, help me make a better shot. And, um, it's always good to have that kind of information in your back pocket to help, you know, educate people on why is it important to having, certain chokes and certain pattern types for uh, whatever game you're you're after and whatever uh, distance you're shooting at. And I, I have that question a lot too. And I tell them, you know, you buy a, a $50,000 four wheel drive pickup, but if you have street tires on it, you're not going to have a whole lot of fun going through a mud puddle. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good analogy right there. <laughs> yes, that is a very good analogy. Yeah. I went to write that one down. No, that, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So I'm going to kind of back up and, and go down just a little rabbit hole here. It's just something I'm really curious about. Do you guys actually have like a, a full-time employee that's out there patterning shotguns all day, or do you guys just kind of go out there and do it with your yourselves? I mean, it's it yes it is in-house and it's a variety of people usually um but it's kind of weather dependent right now if it's we had a couple weeks in february where the high was i think one um, so we didn't go out and do it then and, uh, but no we when new things come about uh we're just starting to come off our peak season here it's you know end of may getting through turkey season rush um but generally in the summers when we go do a lot of product development we have a little bit more time um, both back up on inventory and go out and pattern stuff. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I know it's a smaller question, but I know a lot of people out there like me is like, wow, that's the dream job right there. Go out and pattern shotguns for Carlson's. <laughs> Man, I would invite you to come out and shoot, you know, a couple thousand rounds of turkey loads in a day. You might be changing your mind. But yes, we shoot them all <laughs> by hand uh, from a rest in a very controlled environment to get optimal, you know, data from. But it's it's a long day. Yeah, I don't want to like calling in with a hurt shoulder the next day now yeah, no joke. <laughs> sign that waiver before we start um let's see here so uh we had a few questions here i tell you what I, i've got a few questions from the members but let me ask cameron cameron do you have any like specific questions uh geared towards kind of the the route we were going down i know you had some well, good um, ones but i just want to double check before i ask these questions yeah so one question i would like to ask is um i, I mean but one of the big things is nowadays is you see a lot of competition skeet shooters, um, and it's becoming more and more regularly, even where I am now, you're having more and more competition skeet shooting places open up. So one question would be, the first question would be, um, are we starting to see Carlson maybe focus a little more on the competition shooting side? And the second question would be, is there any, um, is there any, uh, let's say foreseen look to, be more involved with like maybe uh you know the usa shooting team uh for olympic wise for carlson i mean uh to answer the first part of that yes uh we we do in one of the future companies that do specialize in all of it i don't know if you call it specialty but we do we have over you know two thousand SKUs for different activities and you know sporting clays trap packs um skeet all that stuff uh, another interesting thing is like you said the fastest growing high school sport, and don't quote me, but I believe is trap teams, um, which is great to get the youth uh, exposed to firearms and into the sport, which is excellent. Um, we do, uh, we're always open ears for sponsorship, partnership opportunities. Um, we do quite a bit with like AIM and ATA, um, you know, American Association, the Grand and, and whatnot. But it's, it's exciting to see, uh, you know, the last couple of years, the spike in new hunters from whatever you want to call it, COVID, uh, getting out and getting the industry, is, which is a breath of fresh air. And then also with the, uh, the youth shooters getting into trap and skeet at a young age and even possibly through a school sponsor, which is awesome. And I, I, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I know for, for, say, in my high school, I mean, I'm, I'm 25 years old, so, I mean, I'm not – Probably one. That I'm the youngest one on this call, but anyways, um, at, at my high school, you know, it was big when I was there. But it, like you said, over the past couple of years, has progressively grown into a more of a competition activity for high school. Um, for high school, was around you know the, the Carl's the United States in general, and uh, I think like you were saying too, it's very very good for uh, you know kids to be able to get involved in the shooting teams because not only is it teaching them relationships of being not only in the outdoors but team ability and also giving them an ability of self-confidence in themselves to succeed in other things of than just your normal main sports such as like basketball baseball and football things of that sort but it also teaches kids at a young age of how to properly handle firearms which is something that i feel like is missed a lot at a young age for people wanting to get into hunting or shooting, and I do think this uh, the shooting sports has really helped teach that lesson to these younger generation. Yeah, you know, coming from you know uh, gun range type thing, you know, child education is very important. Uh, some and new shooter 
uh, education is really important. I would say from more of the seasoned guys, if you're in a mentor role, two of the most important things I'll tell you is make sure they've got that shotgun seated correctly in their shoulder pocket and make sure they've got good hearing protection, especially those little ears. You know, um, they hear a lot better than I do, and you'll need need earplugs and muffs, and you just want to make it as comfortable experience for them for the first time. And like you said, firearm safety, um, a good plan is not saying, you know, be scared of this, don't touch it. All you're doing is making them curious. You need to teach the kids how uh, important firearm safety is um, to make a game plan. If you, you know, you have, if you're a young kid and you come across a gun, don't, you know, stop, don't touch it, tell an adult type thing. But if, you know, if they can unlock a, an iPad, they can figure out a firearm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And then, like I said, this, you know, the other question too was, uh, is there any interest in, in Carlson maybe getting involved with like the USA shooting team, which is like the Olympics or anything? Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, I'd be all ears for it. I, I haven't reached out yet. We're I'm brand new to it, but no, that'd be awesome. Nice. Cool deal. Okay. So, um, Nolan, I want to ask you a few questions. We always, uh, ask our members, Hey, shoot us your questions. If they were on the mic, what would they ask? Um, so I have a few. Um, so we all know, you know, pretty much we're going to dive into turkey hunting for a little bit, which I'm sure you've been been hearing about for a while now. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of the country, turkey season's in. Um, but some of the questions a member had was, uh, Josh from Ohio asked, is there any plans to make a ported TSS choke? Well. If that's something you're able to share. <laughs> Yes, uh, it won't be 2022. Um, we were doing a lot of testing with uh, with our chokes, especially in the TSS line, and just trying to make sure we got we've got that perfect in the non-porting, and we can easily roll it over to the ported tubes. I do think you know since TSS first came on the scene several years ago, it's finally it's very mainstream now and still growing. Um, so I do see that being uh, a product offering in 23. Okay, he's one of our he's one of our choke junkies. Uh, you know, when I mentioned we were we were kind of talking with y'all, he was he was first one to light up. So uh, he definitely seems like he loves it. So that was I definitely wanted to put him first. Now uh, we have someone else. We have Chris from Ohio. He says, "Is there a specific choke you recommend for around thirty yards? Maybe a tad further if you do need to reach out." Um, and then a uh, part two to that is also, what would you kind of recommend for sports shooting? So, I mean, there's a lot of variables to recommending a single choke. And okay. I would say it depends on what shot type and size are you shooting. And are you hunting and what are you hunting or are you shooting sporting clays? But if I were to, you know, kind of a generic answer, I'd say, you know, for lead loads in general, yeah, I'd shoot a full choke for 30 yards and further uh, and probably improve modified for steel at that distance um, or a light mod. Um, that's a great in-betweener there. It's a great choice for shots, 30 to 45 yards or so. It's uh, If you're going to just get one, I'd say that's probably one of the best all around because it's good for steel, lead, and TSS. Um, and it's going to be uh, more useful, I guess, in different situations if you could only have one. Right, and I know that was kind of a little vague. I tried to reach back out to him before uh, we did this to kind of get a little bit more, you know, what what choke to use. I know it's a little, little kind of hard to answer, but... Um, you know, I think that helps and in, in I'll touch base with Chris and if he has any further questions, we can definitely 
uh, try to reach out to somebody uh, there, yeah, especially since someone can get on the phone with somebody there. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll go hand in hand. Um, now, another uh, question I had is uh, with the loads out there, and we kind of touched on this, um, but if you do want to elaborate any more, uh, feel free. If not, we'll move on. But with a lot of the loads that are out there, um, they shoot further than normal. How how are you guys kind of evolving with this? Also, as far as chokes, um, do you – let me see here. Also, as far as chokes, do you recommend um, – is there a certain choke you recommend for those newer loads? So I, I assume they're talking about, you know, these uh, these TSS loads. I would – yeah, that's kind of what I was I was thinking also. So it's, you know, they're heavier in lead and they give you tremendous knockdown power at distance. Like the number nine shot, you know, roughly has, in my opinion, the same knockdown power as like number five lead. Um, so you can really increase your payload uh, big time with those smaller number nines and get the knockdown power of the larger pellets at distance. That being said, our TSS chokes, they're designed for shot seven through nine. They're a really tight constriction. Um, and that's one way. However, a lot of people buy a shotgun and, and they go, well, it's a shotgun. Uh, I, it's exactly what I tell you is treat it like a rifle. You know, go to the range, pattern your shotgun. Go to the range and don't, you know, you got to reduce the human error. Shotgun triggers are not your Timney triggers in your barbant gun. You know, they're a little longer, a little heavier, a little creepy. Um, so put it in a rest and pattern the gun. At the same time, make sure your point of aim, point of impact, where it's impacting for that particular um, choking gun. Um, because every small deviation, you know, in line of sight or uh, human error aspect, when you get 40, 50, 60 yards, you're going to be missing. Like everything is magnified. All of that error um, compounds at distance and you'll be missing or the pattern is too tight for some people. And if you don't know where your gun's shooting, you're going to miss a turkey, and then you're going to call me upset. And I'll say, "Well, don't yank the trigger." Yeah, I but, just missed. Uh, I just missed a pretty. It's pretty embarrassing. I, I missed a bird. Um, thought I was Mister uh, Mister Shoot Sharpshooter, and uh, no, I got humbled real quick. It's upsetting. I was up for about three days after that. I haven't seen the bird since. <laughs> that happens to everyone if they say no, they're lying. It's, <laughs> it's, I tell you what, I, I heard this from uh, from someone one time, and I'm not exactly sure who had told me this, and, and it's probably repeated, but they pretty much said if you haven't missed a bird, then you haven't had enough opportunities turkey hunting in the woods. And one thing I'll, I'll add to that is, like, especially in handgun shooting, human error, like, when you pull the trigger, your brain is subconsciously preparing for recoil and noise. Right. So like if you're a right-handed pistol shooter, you're pulling the gun low and left, and then you say your sights are off. Same things happen with shotguns. Like shooting a big turkey load, you're going to, most people flinch, and they'll shoot low and left as right-handed people and wonder why that choke isn't performing well. Well, the choke's doing its job. Right, um, right. <laughs> but that's my... I'm off my high horse here. Everybody, no, misses, no, I, I mean, would say it does. It uh, it was definitely humbling, and and after I, you know, because we all know when you miss something, whether it's turkey, deer, whatever. I mean, I don't know how much towards duck because I recently just got into waterfowl hunting, but I, you know, you're up forever, and and your mind's constantly what happened, what happened, what happened, and I think <laughs> I just got a little too excited because. He would have been a bird I would have fully body mounted, and he was probably the biggest oh, bird. I probably could have took the state record, you know, doing Down a little fishtail. Yeah. Big I, old Osceola uh, bird? Big old Osceola. I mean, Bro. head coming in red, just 
full strut, ready to just just tear up the Jake that I had there with that hen. I had three hens feeding, um, actually feeding there. And there's a, it's kind of like a little field in it. I'm not sure what it is, but it almost looks like a cracked, uh, like a cracked nut of some sort. Um, I'm not sure what type of flower it is or, or what it is, but they were feeding on that and they were walking into the roost and they roost right there at the edge of that field. They'll feed, then they'll fly up. Um, a lot of those, believe it or not, they actually have nests that are in the trees and on the bottom. So um, they'll go to roost pretty early and he come in hot and just ready and I started sweating. I was already sweating because it's 90 degrees, but I mean, I just, I just lost, completely lost my bearings and, and everyone that knows me, I'm a turkey hunter. Like I'm a turkey hunting fool. That's my thing. Deer. Okay. But when it comes to turkey, it's just something about them. Um, you know, it's one of the first game animals I was successful on by myself when I was younger and I used to, you know, get out of school and run into the woods and, and, uh, I missed them, got a little too excited and come to find out, I, I just didn't follow through with my shot. He was walking. I should have waited till he, you know, strutted up or started attacking the decoy. And I just, I thought I had it because it was a chip shot. You know, it's about, about 35 yards or so. And no, it was, it, I was almost in shock. I couldn't believe I missed him when he flew away. And the guy that I was with was like, shoot him again. I was like, I can't believe I missed him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've all been there, man. It's like the wide receivers running before they catch the ball. You can already (laughs) see the end zone. Yeah, Yeah, it was humbling. It was definitely humbling. So I got roasted, still getting roasted a little bit. So I'm, uh, you know, well deserved. I had to get off my high horse for a little bit because I was, (laughs) I was tagging out real early in the season. So I told my girl uh, one day, I was like, well, I should have known this day was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm just glad to hear that gets you excited. That's what gets people oh, out. Oh, yeah, it gets you fired yeah. up. I tell people all the time, like, if you don't if you don't get fired up, you don't have to get fired up crazy like me. I'm just a, you know, fired up person. But if you don't get fired up, I just, I don't feel like that you that you should do, you know, you're really doing it for the right reasons. I mean, don't get me wrong, still get your license and contribute to conservation. But, you know, if, if it don't fire you up, you know, you, you definitely ain't, uh, it probably ain't for you. Yeah. Well, speaking of your service-side hunt trading deal, I'll trade you for uh, a Rio bird for one of those Osceola birds. Oh, yeah. There we go. That'd be a, that'd be a <laughs> mad trip. I could get my grand. I actually just uh, got a guy in service-side, um, just finished his grand slam here with me, and it was... Oh, it was it was just one of those days where the birds were working. I mean, just makes you makes you want to be out there. Made us forget the three miserable days before pouring down rain. I mean, just nasty weather. Thermosel couldn't even keep the bugs away. And then when it finally pulled that trigger and that bird dropped, it was it was it was worth it for sure. So we'll wow, we'll, we'll awesome. get something set up. Um, you know, these birds are kind of quiet here, and they'll make you work for it. But I tell you what, when you get one. You got bragging rights for life. That's awesome. No, they're gorgeous birds down there. I tell you what, they've been they've been getting big too. I've actually been I'll, I'll throw a plug here just because you know we can actually you know put food down. But um, AccuForge they have a stuff out called Tom Bomb, and it's pretty much a formulated mix of, of things they have. And I tell you what, that got my flocks real real uh, coming in regularly, um, especially with the hens. And I, I'm I'm hoping it definitely helps with poults. We'll find out, but. Um, I had them, I had them coming in pretty regularly. And then when I started hunting public land, obviously, you know, you can't, you can't have anything down. So I got to experience the quietness of the birds. So you, you almost get a, when you come down here, we'll go do a best of both worlds. We'll go hunt some private, have a good time where they'll actually call a little bit, you know, there's no pressure. And then we'll go, 
we'll go after one of those uh, Wiley burns. Love it. Love it. No, that's awesome. Um, so let's see here. We're, we're kind of coming to the end of this podcast, but I, I always give everyone the opportunity here. Uh, Cameron, was there anything that, that you wanted to touch on maybe I missed or, or a question that, that you think we should ask? Yeah, and there was one more thing, guys, wanting to, to ask you, Nolan. And, and in this day and age, I mean, firearm sales are up exponentially. I mean, everybody is buying some kind of home defense weapon. And, um, you know, in particular, the the shotgun is becoming more and more popular as a home defense weapon in general. Um, I do notice you'll have some tactical chokes on your website. Have mm-hmm. you all seen a spike in sale for tactical chokes for home defense weapons? Uh, what was the first? Do we what? Sorry. Um, so you know, over the past, you know, couple of years, there has been a, a huge exponential growth in firearm sales across the United States. And, uh, I've noticed, you know, on, on the website that y'all do, uh, sell tactical, uh, home defense chokes for shotguns. So I was just wanting to see if on y'all's end, have you seen a spike in the need for tactical chokes for home defense? Uh, oh, yes. I mean, uh, the last two, two and a half years has been crazy. Uh, for the tactical chokes, also like our magazine extensions uh, have been great, and also the replacement barrels for Eurington 870s and and uh, Benelli Novas. You know, we've got some people that might not have been gun owners until a couple years ago. They either inherited Grandpa's gun, and it's a 28-inch Wingmaster, and they buy an 18 and a half inch, uh, you know, shorter barrel from us and a tactical choke, and that's a great option for home defense. Um, we went over a lot of that at center fire for our home defense classes and our tactical shotgun stuff about, you know, <laughs> how to clear corners correctly with that length of barrel and, and that no, with the shotgun. And yes, you still do have to aim like your average hallway in a home is maybe 30 feet, you know, 10 yards. You absolutely still have, there's a lot of common misconceptions out there and, uh, uh, in our world about shooting shotguns and that same thing with that is go out and pattern that gun at the distance you think you can use it. Uh, even for home defense type situations. Yeah, and I, I like to bring that up because it just again shows the versatility of the Carlson choke tube line. I mean, there's there's literally a choke tube for every purpose. Yeah, and the, we tried uh, to to the last the last two years. I mean, that's a that's a typical question I normally ask, but uh, I kind of stayed away from it on this one. But you know, I always ask, you know, how's the last two years kind of been? And most of the companies I, I talk to say that, you know, we understand, you know, it didn't go good for everyone, so it's not so much of a rubbing in your face kind of thing. But um, it definitely seems like a lot of companies had a, a nice uptick and, and the outdoor industry didn't didn't get to take a back seat, you know, the last two years. People were kind of forced to get outside and play and, and get off the video games for a little bit and, and get out and do things. So um, it no, looks that- like you guys had a pretty good uptick, too. Yeah, no, it, it was great. I think, like I said, don't want to rub it in on anybody, but yeah. Scott, uh, he had a, a great position on inventory. We still do. He, I don't know how he predicted it, but bought raw materials early, and, and we're, we're in a great position with some um, other manufacturers. You know, supply chain issues, you keep get, getting beat over the head with that stuff, but uh, we're sitting in great shape. Now, um, I guess a question I have here, which will kind of follow up to a good wrap up question is, um, you know, obviously, I, you know, I know we can't we can't, uh, you know, say what the secret sauce is here. But what does kind of the future look like right now for Carlson's, especially, um, you know, with you kind of, you know, helming the ship here and and uh, and taking over something that that's kind of been under the same. I know he's still going to be there, but, you know, taking, you know, with new leadership in the chair here. No, I'm really excited for the future of Carlson's. Um, I see a lot of 
opportunity and, and Scott has really laid uh, the great groundwork. And then the probably the biggest thing I'm excited about is take some of those responsibilities off Scott's plate and give him a chance for him and I to get together and, and work on new products. Like they just been so busy, haven't had a whole lot of time to, to look forward a whole lot. And he's done a great job of doing it. But now with him, hopefully not having to do as much the day to day with me coming in, I'm excited uh, for a couple of things we've been spitballing here and there. So we'll see what 23 brings. Awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm sure all of our listeners are. I know Cameron is. Um, you know, me, myself, I don't know, I got a kid on the way, so I cannot wait to get him a shotgun, you know, a little 410 or something and, and get him out there. I know that's like 10 years down the road, but still, it's still exciting. Um, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I guess, how would you, how would you, uh, you know, as far as a wrap up, what would you kind of like to let our listeners know, um, as far as it's something I, I kind of like the, the company to wrap up on as far as, you know, if you could do a hot take, um, from Carlson's coming from the president, uh, what would you say to our listeners? Man, two things that, you know, appreciate your business past, uh, future and present. And if there's any question, uh, don't hesitate to give us a call. Like we're here for it. suggestions. We'd love to help you guys out, help us out. Um, and then kind of more of a homework item is go pattern your shotguns. Point of aim, point of impact. You'll have a lot better time in the woods. Awesome. And as far as, uh, you know, I'll update the show notes here so everyone's able to, to go to the website and things like that. But that's the best. They can just go to your website and, and that's where they can contact somebody if they need it. Yeah. Chokedtube.com. Uh, you can hit the contact us. Give us a call. Hit us up on socials. Um, probably the quickest, fastest thing is call us during business hours and you'll talk to somebody in, you know, 10 seconds or less. Perfect. I'll definitely put that number and in, in that information on the show notes. Um but yeah, so that's all I have. Cameron, do you have anything? No, I think it's been a blast, and uh, no yeah. one we really, yeah, having an, uh, having taking your time out of your day and and pulling off on the side of the road uh, to, to speak to us <laughs> a little bit and to the service side team about what Carlson's is all about. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Very good. I was just going to say, I, I, same thing as, as Cameron. We really appreciate it. And that's why I want to definitely respect your time with an hour. I told you an hour because, you know, you're pulled off on the side of the road here heading to a wedding. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities, trust me, where, you know, you can just hit me up and, and we'll, you got my cell phone number. We'll jump on a call. And if there's things we need to dive into or, or maybe you just want us to, to talk to the listeners and, and kind of see, um, you know, their perspective, you know, your customer influence definitely seems important to y'all. So, um, I definitely appreciate you having being on here, and it's it's definitely. I'll be honest with you, I won't get your head too big here, but it's definitely one of my top ten podcasts for sure. I learned a lot myself, and um, I really look forward to uh, possibly doing some some deep dives on the next ones. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys uh, looking me up. It's been in- informational, and uh, glad to talk with you. Uh, definitely don't hesitate to to hit me up in the future. So this has this been great. Awesome. Quick well, shout out, if I may. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So my buddy's wedding I'm heading to. Uh, I'm a little bittersweet about it. So I used to, uh, we hunted together a lot. His name's Josh Ishmael with Flatlanders TV. Uh, and his wife might be cuter, than, or future wife might be cuter than me, but I still wish we would go hunt some more together. I just got to bust his chops a little bit. But 
we're heading down to uh, the Redneck Holy Land. I'm going to meet up with them and have a good weekend. I'm excited. Oh, man. That, that's awesome. And unfortunately, I'm going to put this out a little bit after the wedding, but it'll be nice after all that hustle and bustle where he can listen to these last few seconds of it and get that shout out. And I'll throw that in the show notes, too, for him, and I'll tag him so that he sees it. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem at all, man. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's Whitetail Theories Podcast, and we'll see you all on the next one.